Welcome to the Bread and Circuses podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. back once again to the bread and circuses podcast i'm rooster here with a strange gentleman i'm not sure have we met before sir why do you say stuff <laughs> i'm wearing my coronavirus mask <laughs> I, bought, yeah. I bought a whole bunch of them i bought like a hundred thousand of them and uh i'm just hoping that uh hoping that if the medical professionals need them that they have enough uh sir those masks don't help Oh, it's it's oh, you. I'll, 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 I'll take it off then. <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. It's like really, yeah. It's been it like, seems like uh, yesterday to me. Yeah, <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's like for me. Um, so this is we we live in interesting times because we were going to record. So we did two back to back episodes before. So the last, the second episode ninety six that aired. <laughs> was uh, one we recorded right after the previous one. So we knew we were missing the Democratic debates in, um, where were they? In Las Vegas. Were they? Yeah. Vegas, okay. Where And we were like, uh, we recorded it and thought, shit, we should have done it a day later. We couldn't because of time, but just to talk about what happened there. So I want to touch on that one briefly and then get into the next ones. Because in that one, Elizabeth Warren absolutely murdered Michael Bloomberg. That was the one where she did everything but tell him he was short. <laughs> She's, and the guy did not see it coming. I mean, she did the whole thing about um, your, uh, you know, you told the, the. Yeah, the woman to kill her baby. Yeah. And he didn't even, he didn't even have didn't the presence even... of mind to go, you're pro-choice. Yeah. You know. And then she's the one that lied about getting fired because she was pregnant. Yeah, he never brought that yeah. up. I mean, she, she flat out lied. She flat out lied, just it's like on, she lied about being video. Indian. Yeah. yeah, it's on video. It's on, hey, Native American, okay? Mm. Don't microaggress Feathers, people. Not dots. Yeah, don't okay. microaggress people like that. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at our uh, our uh, Bread and Circuses page as we speak. Mm-hmm. They are numbered correctly. I think you're wrong. We got 93, 94, 95, 96, and 97. I think you're wrong. One. There's two 96s on SoundCloud. I'm looking right at it. Eh, SoundCloud. Well, you're full of shit. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, and then she he he tried to go after Bernie over having more than one house. And Bernie said, well, I've got one in Washington. And Bloomberg interrupts him and goes, well, there's the problem. It's like, dude, that's not the insult you go with. That was and an okay goes, one, I thought. He's yeah, going, but, he goes, he didn't say that's the problem. He said that's a problem, I think. Right. I think you said that's the problem okay. right there. And so. Well, I mean, it, it is kind of like it's Washington insider bullshit. Right. right. So he goes, I've got one there. I've got one at home. And he goes, like most Vermonters, I've got a summer camp, which I guess they call, like we call summer it. Cabin. Summer cabin. I think you said he summer said camp? camp. Yeah. Huh. Because I think that's what they call it. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, he never goes, really? Most Vermonters have three homes? And he just never went after him. He kind of was like, well, that didn't go like I thought it would. Well, and then he had the crowd booing him. He like the crowd hated him. How can you be smart enough to become the fourth or fifth richest guy in the world and not be able to debate at all? I mean, shouldn't there have been somebody who goes, look, Mike, here's what we're going to do. And I've heard the theory that says that's the problem is you don't 
tell Mike what to do. He would hmm. have never gone out and hi- he hire all these people to do all these ads and everything, which thankfully now will go away. So do you think? Yeah, I'm so tired of them. Do you think it? Uh, oh, and the did I tell you the last time the every damn um, like even my right wing talk radio has had nonstop wall to wall ads from him, and it's always this. Mike Bloomberg wants to know what you think. Have you heard those? Mm-hmm. And then they have all the people saying what they what they think is important, and it's all. I believe in transgender rights, especially black women transgender rights. And I'm like, how unfucking important of all the things you could be worried about in this country and, and him, want him to deal with, you're worried about uh, a black transgender woman. What? What about them? Well, they're murder rate. Okay. Uh, how is that Bloomberg's problem? You know what? They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah, that's our new thing. <laughs> Stolen from Stephen Crowder. So, yeah, I mean... Like Elizabeth Warren or not, man, she is she is great at character assassination. I don't think she could stand somebody hitting back, but that's the thing. Nobody's hitting back. You could tell Bloomberg was – he was just paralyzed with the idea that somebody may call him like a racist or something. He apologized for stop and frisk. It's like, yeah, I feel really bad about how that went. And he just – that guy was so unprepared. Yeah. And Boy, th- and that, how much money did you spend campaigning? I've heard something like $500 million. God, now, that, God, that could have been used for so much better. It's like actually good work. It could have been used for so many philanthropic things that if he wasn't running for president, that would have been good and, and would have made him look good. Well, somebody brought that up. Um, it might have even been – I don't think it was Glenn Beck because I don't think I was listening to him. But um, somebody brought up the th- thing about he ran – you know. It was someone defending Bloomberg, saying, well, he ran to, you know, make things better. And they said, how about if he just spent $250 million making the cities he was campaigning in better? Yeah. Yep. Wouldn't that have had a, a great impact on people? It would have been significant. Yeah, it was huge. Yep. But, but as it is, it was just a giant waste. But I've also heard he makes – he gets something like $2 billion a, a month in – interest or something just on his fortune well i guess though yeah and also there's he his paying for the ads is is these you know these poor working class people that put together the uh the ads and and the yeah you know the writers and the producers and the and the tv people i mean they they need that money right so yeah i mean uh, it's jobs i feel bad jobs is jobs is jobs I know. so jobs is jobs well do you, you know they're actually losing money on those on, on the political ads, ads? Yep. no i didn't know that yeah, because the stations have to sell those at their lowest ad rate possible. But the, I bet they're still paying the people producing them and right, you know, but writing the, them all uh, at the same rate. The companies that run yeah, those ads are losing money. Are losing money. He's taking food out of middle class people's mouths right there. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Because the middle class people could be uh, know, their, benefiting from their company running all those. their four hundred one ks. Yeah. See, <laughs> he's a bastard. So. Anyway, there was that, which would have been even more fun to get into. I mean, Amy Klobuchar was just, she's just a freaking wreck. Yeah. And that hair helmet of hers. Her shaky hair helmet. <laughs> bounce a hockey puck off of that yep. thing. So then they had. But the, Donald Trump called her snow woman. <laughs> I'd like to see how his hair would do in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never have to hear I that know. joke again. Well, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep saying it. <laughs> Every time her name comes up. So then. Uh, uh, they had the Democratic primaries, the Super Tuesday stuff. Yeah. And just before Super Tuesday, 
Pete and Amy Bale. Within like an hour of each other. Yeah. Oh. And they both oh, were it's in a, the, a quinky dink. And they're I'm both sure in it. the same place just going, Joe Biden's awesome. Yeah. He's so good. And then um, Beto O'Rourke came out and said that he was behind uh, Biden and Biden's going to put him in charge of uh, gun confiscation. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that. The uh, lieutenant governor of Texas goes, I have an AR-15. He go, he said, I'd love it if he'd come to my house. Yeah. He goes, come and take it. Yeah. He goes, I got a surprise for him. <laughs> Which sounds like a threat to me. But it's not. He and might have a flower for him. No, it sounds like a threat. We're going to get back to that okay. in a little bit. But so Pete's out. Then Amy's out. Um, that was before Super Tuesday. And then after Super Tuesday... Bloomberg is out because he's been named the uh, king of American Samoa. <laughs> you got the most delegates in American Samoa. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna retire and be the king of American Samoa now. Sweet. Yeah, he'll be the little tiny guy in the sarong trying to lift the big rocks like those. Well, what's he gonna do when he tells them to stop eating all the food they eat because they're big they're big people. Yes, they are. Isn't that where Dwayne Johnson comes from? Uh, he's part Samoan, I think. I don't know if that's where he's like from. Like heritage-wise, I guess. Yeah, right. but a lot of those guys from the strongman competitions yeah. are all Samoans. And yeah. That's like a he's big... Gonna, he's going to like try to limit their caloric intake, and they're going to fucking just murder him. And they'll be, no, they'll be uh, skinny little guys. You know, they'll be really tall, but just skinny. <laughs> be like six foot five and 130 pounds. They're going to look like... Uh, um, Jason Momoa. On oh, that, that commercial. Yeah, that commercial where he comes home and he takes off his boots and he loses about six inches and then he, yeah, he takes, takes up his arms. His arms and his abs and he takes, takes his, his hair. hair. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Then he's trying to bench press the bar and he's struggling. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, so in my notes here, that so we were going to record yesterday and it didn't work out timing-wise for us. In my notes, I had Warren question mark. And in the meantime, since yesterday, now she's out too. Yep. So it's Joe... Bernie and Tulsi Gabbard. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Tulsi's hanging around? I don't know because she's obviously not staying in it for the for the vice presidential you know consideration. So I, I that would be her only reason. Wouldn't you it? think so? I just don't. Or maybe getting a cabinet job or something like that. Maybe that, but I, I don't see her. I don't. I don't see anybody offering her a vice vice president. I don't think either one of those guys likes her. No, that's that's why I don't. I don't think the Democratic Party in general like the the. The swamp part of it, or the establishment Democrat Party likes her. So, yeah, she's kind of a woman without a country when it comes to yeah. that. Sometimes, but. you know the the whole thing. I think they wanted to coalesce. They the uh, established Democratic establishment wants Biden. They don't want Bernie to be the guy against Trump. I believe because Bernie is too in your face with socialism. I, the Democrat, the Democrats are all in on socialism, except they know the country isn't. So what they're doing right now is they they don't they think Bernie is too gung ho in your face, and he's going to bring it to a head, and Trump's going to fucking massacre him, and it's going to set back the socialist you know agenda um, too far. So what they want is Bernie not to make it, so that they don't have to deal with that um, that backslide. And they want uh, Joe Biden in there. They know he's not going to win, but he's not going to. The focus isn't going to be socialism, and they can keep behind the scenes and and, and systematically kind of working towards that slow creep of socialism that they've been working towards, and not just boom in your face, fuck you, socialism, and have the country go ah uh, no. I have a different theory. I don't think that the Democratic establishment actually thinks it's socialist. I think two thirds of it believe that. Well, two thirds of the Democratic Party. So that's just my kind of back of the napkin math is um what they consider to be 
moderate Democrats, which endorse a lot of socialist policies, but also still like I think Hillary Clinton from her policies is a socialist. Yeah. But I think she views herself as dyed in the wool, solid Democrat. I, th- I think that's where a lot of them are. Yeah, I don't okay. think they understand what they are. And Bernie comes right out and says, I want to be a socialist and pour gas on everything. And they go, well, people will never go for that. So I, I think most Democrats want government control of everything. Yeah, but I don't think they view it as socialism. I mean, what else is it? Well, I just don't think they, I don't think. It's, it's democratic socialism. There's a difference. It's like watching somebody who's got 50 pounds on you go, you're fat. And they go, well, not really. You know, I'm not really fat. I'm wearing the same clothes I wore in high school. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but you're busting out of them. And you're you know? soft yeah. and squishy. <laughs> but, well, it's like uh, smokers. Whenever they, whenever I say, how much do you smoke a day? They go, oh, half a pack. I'm like, so pack, right? They're like, not half. Well, did you buy that pack this morning? Yeah, but it's been a stressful day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think they really are, you know, for the most part, starting to lean socialist. Mm-hmm. But Bernie's just, like you said, out there about it. So um, Bernie's just out there about it, and they can't have it. I also think they just don't like Bernie because Bernie's not what's, a— What's not to like? Yeah, he's not a likable guy. He's got no sense of humor whatever. No. I don't think. Zero. And, uh, I mean, there's— And he's, and he's kind—for of, being such a, a belligerent asshole, he's kind of a pushover, too. Oh, he's a pussy. So it's like, uh, it's like the guys—they don't know what to make of him. Yeah. He really— he really loves to talk tough. Yeah, he can be cantankerous and act like a big tough guy. And then yeah. when push comes to shove, he's like, okay, fuck me in the ass. <laughs> well, I I feel bad for Joe Biden because I think he's going to win this. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a contested convention, but I think he'll win it. Yeah. Um, which means I think all the Bernie bros will bail on the Democratic Party. And I think Trump will win again, probably by a bigger margin. But I don't know. I hope that's the case. But regardless, I feel bad for Joe because he is about to be put through the ringer in a way I don't think he's prepared for. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you, I mean, do you legitimately feel bad for him or do you? Yes, I do. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think I think Joe Biden is corrupt, but yeah. I think he's corrupt in a way that um, he's he's Washington corrupt. In other words, everybody he just, there, thinks just thinks that's how things are done. Everybody does it there, and you know. Yeah, I don't fucking care. I, I, his family has used his position in politics as like a, like a, like a crime syndicate. Well, I agree. You and I, you and I see that. But this guy's been in public life and politics his whole life. I don't know if they even know any different. I think those people have lost any moral compass. Yeah. Did at you all. Did you hear uh, the? latest uh, audio recording of him as a 30 year old man running for the senate no uh, it's pretty clear recording and that uh he uses that i don't know if they bleeped it out it was hannity i was listening to i think so they bleeped out i don't know if he said negroes or niggers but he actually people asked him a question he said retards about it yeah and he was talking about the southern vote and the negroes or i and since they bleeped it i'm not sure exactly what he said Well, 150 years ago isn't that what they called them yeah but the you know, he he just he just sounds smarmy even back then, back in 1973 when he was like 30 or 31 running. Well, he is smarmy. Yeah. But even when he was given his, um, I'm using air quotes here, victory speech, naming off all of his states and everything, I sort of expected him to do a John Dean scream, but yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, he said, 
you know, uh, we won this state and we won that state. He was starting to even kind of slur his words. I've heard that before, too, from him slurring. And, you know, people talk about, well, he's he's always been kind of a gaff machine. That's just Joe. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it seems, sounded like someone who wasn't very sharp. It seems more than just gaffs. I mean, he does seem like he's got some sort of, you know, early dementia or something going on. Either there. that or he just sounds so tired. And why even sounded early? It's, I mean, or, why even say early? It's dementia. I mean, he, he's at that age. Yeah, but he just, he sounds tired. Well, that's why Trump calls him Sleepy Joe. Because I know him. He's a pretty sleepy guy. I <laughs> yeah. mean, yeah, he just doesn't, it does, he just, his heart's not in it. Um, who was saying this? He just wants to be, I can't remember who I heard. This is not my own thought, but they were saying he just kind of wants to be, he wants to have the accolades and the position of president without all the headache of it, without all the work. Oh, you mean so he, like Obama did? Pretty much, yeah. He wants and give he, some speeches. He'll and... have handlers, and they'll do all the work, and he'll, you know, he'll be able to show up at the events and, you know, show off his giant chiclet teeth and his plugs, <laughs> and sniff sniff certain women and girls, and he'll be happy as ham, you know. Yeah, and that's what he wants. And he doesn't want to work for it. He'll talk tough with uh, foreign leaders, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, he and Bernie are going to slug it out for a little while yet, because I think I think it's going to go to the convention. Because I mean, Bernie has a better chance against Joe, delegate wise, I believe, than he did against Hillary, and he hung in against Hillary for a long time. And I don't know what they're going to concede to him, but um, but he's Joe's going to win it, and then Trump is going to kick this shit out of him. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, just and. And I don't mean like – I'm not gloating about that because I think Trump's going to say some stuff that I wish he wouldn't. But it's like watching one of those uh, fights, the heavyweight fights, when they throw some tomato can guy in there like, oh, he can challenge him. And everybody's like, not really. Yeah. Well, I think Joe is like the – like he's like a stereotypical, like the textbook stereotype politician. He's like – it's like he's a parody of himself. I mean they make movies – and they'll have Woody Harrelson. Well, they had Woody Harrelson play him on SNL. Did you see that? No. They were doing the debates, and I think it was Woody Harrelson. And it was funny. They actually put in, like, these big, bright, white dentures in them. And it was, okay. it was actually pretty damn funny. Um, it could, and, like, the announcers were like, could they go any whiter with those teeth? You got, they got the full-on uh, neon teeth there or something like that. But, uh, you know, they get, they'll get, like, some guy like him to play him in the, in the movie. And it's, like, over-the-top performance. But you don't have to because that's, Biden is that. It's not... It's ridiculous to watch him and have people people take him seriously. Go, he's he's a a, a a man of the people. Are you fucking kidding me? This they called they've called they said uh, we were out down and out, and that this is for all the people out there that were considered down and out. You could follow me, my campaign. Like, really, dude? Type, nothing like anybody else. Joe. 303030330 and tell your kids to turn on the record player <laughs> turn the record to player it. down <laughs> turn the record player down <laughs> yeah he's oh it, i remember as a kid seeing larry holmes fighting somebody the boxing match and he was beating him so bad and he would hit him and like look at the referee like, like you need to stop this before i really this. hurt this guy and then he'd, he'd like sort of hit him again he's looking at the ref like come on yeah and finally, the ref stopped it, and the guy was like, oh, my God. And Larry Holmes was like, I was going to hurt this guy. Well, I, th I think I told you this dream I had where uh, Trump was and Biden were debating. Hey, you did tell me. Yeah, that. and uh, I was watching on TV, and then Biden keels over from a stroke, just hits the ground. And 
Trump just kind of stands there and gets a little smirk on his face, like, could have seen that coming. That's, and I, and I that's go, what he'd do, though. <laughs> yeah, but then I look over at, I don't know who I was with. It might have been you, but he's on, you know, in dreams, you don't know who, you know. And I go, ooh, that's not going to go over well. <laughs> um, keep me out of your dreams, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be, uh, I don't need to be dream aggressed like that. Yeah, and then we rode a unicorn. Really? Was it fun? Well, it was nude. <laughs> the okay. unicorn was nude. Okay. <laughs> They generally are, I guess. Gonna go. Wow. Okay. Um, But yeah. So Biden and and Sanders are gonna slug it out for a little while. But God, when Biden goes up against Trump, oh, and 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 Biden's gonna do this. Listen here, man. Kind of you know this like this like old like seventies jive white jive talk that he pulls every once in a while. Well, he's trying to sound sound tough. He copied Hillary's I ain't no ways tired thing. I heard that one too. But I think a few politicians have done that. Word for word. Yeah. But I think that's like a standard uh, thing. No, I realize it's a saying, but it's like you you can't you can't understand that she did that too. And it and it went off bad or came off very cringe. Even stiffer than hers did. No, he's going to be like, listen here, man, I'll take you out in the book. Let's do some push-ups, fat. <laughs> and uh, Trump's going to be like, do you hear yourself? The guy's losing it. He'll he'll look at the crowd and go, the guy's losing it. <laughs> and everybody's going to be like, yep. <laughs> oh, like we said before, was there anyone in that lineup of people that Trump couldn't just look at and go, this fucking guy? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Joe is having trouble, I think, you know, about 30% of the time. The guy's just struggling. You can tell he is. And I'm not going to say running for president is not stressful. I'm sure it is. But when you're running with, like, 14 other people and everybody expects you're going to win anyway, uh, that's not pressure as compared to running for president well, and with he, a guy who's just going to be wailing on he you. He does not have the ability to ad lib. He can't edit himself in real time anymore. And he refuses to do scripted speeches. Biden. He thinks he can pull a Trump and just, you know, go on and off script and, you know, and he's Trump sounds better when he's not reading from the teleprompter. Whereas Biden, he, he, it's like you can't wait. I mean, every sentence is like a it's like a minefield. You know, he's going to fuck it up. When Trump leans into his mistakes, you know, they'll be like, did you just He'll be like, yeah, I fucking said it. <laughs> so what? Next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do some would you rather. All right. Caught you off guard, didn't I? Nope. Got it already here. What? Would you would you rather call someone out for double dipping or chewing with your mouth open? Okay, are we gonna make Katie throw up again? <laughs> nah, this one's I mean, unless we talk about the coronavirus in here. <laughs> double dipping, would I rather what? Call them out for double dipping or chewing with your mouth open. Uh I called my oldest out for double dipping last night. Hmm. The Mexican restaurant we were at, he, uh, he's he been sick the last couple of weeks. And my wife said, uh, no double dip in your chips. He's like, okay. He did one, took a bite, and then he went to do it. And he's like, oh. This is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't really care for – I don't mind double dipping with people I know, with family and friends, if they're not sick. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But if it's like people I don't know out in public and all that, if it's like a buffet style thing and people are going up, then I'd be pretty irritated. I said, dude, don't fucking double dip. I would tell them at that point. Have you seen that? Is it Fox Mobile or whatever? That commercial where like they say, that's not right. And they go, yeah, that's right. Now this isn't right. And it's finger dipping. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, my God. It's just gross. So they these people, it goes, uh, well, first of all, they one of them was um, 
Yeah, that's like carpet showers, and it shows a guy in a shower that's like wall to wall carpet. It's all wet. He's just like leaning into it, you know, like that's oh funny. yeah. Well, this one is uh, like four or five people at a party, and they go up and they're just two fingering the dip like right into oh, their mouths, right in their gob. And at one point, one of the women goes to the guy, "This is good. You should try it." And he just puts both fingers right in his mouth, full of cheese dip. <laughs> You're just like, Whoa. I'd like to do that at a party now. <laughs> Get your, get your friend to do that. Like, t- t- you know, hey, try this, dude. Mm, that's good. <laughs> oh. Well, there was one. I think it was a Sonic commercial. There was one about how like their Sonic cheese curds were so good, and it showed a guy like just eating them and licking his fingers, like just going to town on it. And then they pull the camera back, and it's his friend's fingers in the front of the car. <laughs> I think I remember that, he yanks yeah. his hand out of there, yeah, yeah. like cut it out. Good. Yeah. Speaking of showers, I uh, my girlfriend texted me and and uh, what my my GF. My boo okay. texted me, and uh, she goes, what are you doing? I go, well, I just got out of the shower. I go, do you, do you want me to send you a pic? She goes, yes, please. So I took a nice framed picture of my shower. And I go, nice, huh? <laughs> that's I, I thought roll. you were going to make Katie throw that's up again. That's <laughs> how I roll. All right. Um, so there'll be no dick pics from Crow. I, I think I don't – I don't know if I would call someone up for double dipping. I would just not – I just wouldn't eat. Chewing them with her mouth open. Chewing them with her mouth open. I do that all the time. I'm like, dude, shut your mouth. It, yeah, it does irritate me. Or lip smacking. Like a lot of that. So, um, I had a buddy who used to do the finger licking thing. Like he would eat something with his fingers and be like. Oh, no, no, no. No. Yeah, like cut it out. Yeah, don't do that. All right. So would you rather spike the punch or Xerox your butt at the next office party? If you have to do one. Spike the punch. Yep, Absolutely. Nobody yeah. wants my ass on the copier. No. Especially when the ball's all hanging all in and, there. And have you ever done that? Have you ever taken some picture on a of a body part on a copier? Can't say I have. It doesn't come out like anything. Like it a, just, yeah. Like a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather karaoke an Elvis or Kanye West song? I would rather not ever karaoke ever. Elvis. Depending on the song, too. I can do I could do a couple. Like uh Jailhouse Rock I could do. All shook up. You know, he stole that that's song. That's all right, Mama. He plagiarized Jailhouse Rock. Well, that's all right, Mama was one of his first hits. Okay. In the ghetto. <laughs> that's another one. All right. Uh, you Elvis. Would you rather What? Now I have to say this one. Yeah, you I do. Uh, would you rather judge a book by its pages or take the time to read it? I, I don't get that. Would you rather Judge a book by its pages or take the time to read it. Don't you ever, when you're getting a book, like open it? And like, just... like how many pages there yeah. are? Like like how thick it is? Or flip through to see if there's pictures in it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not, I, I, I don't really have an answer for that one. I don't, I just don't, I just don't care to answer you know, that one. If I did have a, a superpower, one of them I would, well, of course, teleportation is the best one. But you know what would be a cool, like minor superpower? To be able to go into a bookstore and find the books you know you'll like. You know? Yeah. Because it sucks to sink three hours into a book and find out it sucks. Yeah. I haven't actually even read novels in a long time. Even I even listened to audio books in a long time. It's because you can't see. Part of it is my eye vision. I used to read voraciously, and now I'm just – because my vision's gotten so bad, it's like a pain to read. And then I went to audio books, and then I found out that they're really good at putting you to sleep. <laughs> so, okay. You know, like if you're listening to – like you're laying in your bed, in bed and you're listening to – if, if the narrator has like a, a soothing voice, boom, you're out. So. You have to listen to ones that are like uh, read by like Harvey. I was going to say Harvey Weinstein, Firestein, Harvey Firestein. Oh, Harvey Firestein, yeah. 
Would you rather get rid of nukes or terrorists? Ooh. That's an interesting one. Nukes are a good, uh, they're a good deterrent. But if there was no such thing as nukes, like you get rid of them completely, nobody could ever have them again. And I'm not talking nuclear power plants. I'm talking like bombs. Yeah. So like somebody can't even make like a suitcase bomb. Right. And, yeah. I would want to get rid of terrorists, but I would be worried that the definition would be too broad. So yeah. I would have to get, practically, I'd have to. It'd be like nukes. one of those contracts you'd have with the devil and he'd like get you somehow. Yeah. You know, you'd never have enough contingencies for it, um, for, for how you define terrorists. And also if you got rid of nukes thinking, well, then at least the terrorists wouldn't get their hands on nukes, but there's all kinds of other shit like biological weapons they could do, you know, so. I, I guess I'd go with nukes. I think I would too. Yeah. So is that good? Yeah, it's good. All right. All right. So I found this article about Chris Matthews being fired. No, he didn't quit. Yeah, but they say he quit. He he retired. They even let him um, give a farewell um, speech that was word at, for word verbatim read from the teleprompter. At didn't sound point? At, yeah, <laughs> at all of anything like he wanted to say. <laughs> all right, Chris, you're going to go out there and you're going to read this. And okay? you're going to say that it's time to pass the torch to all the young people. Okay. We understand each other. <laughs> so I'm just going to read part of this, but um, I had some thoughts about it. So it says, Chris Matthews, this is New York Post. Again, I can't remember what the post is for political leaning here uh and there's part of and this he's the host of hardball or was for was, 20 years there's a part of this uh it's gonna make you mad right away but you have to hang on okay okay uh chris matthews didn't get fired this is by uh kyle smith at the new york post an opinion writer chris matthews didn't get fired for being a sex monster he got fired for doing his job uh and what was his job to represent the non-crazy not no Kool-Aid for me, thanks, left on television while being entertaining and pointed and wacky. Read the GQ Pace published Friday that apparently got Matthews fired, and you'll note that the writer, Laura Bassett, had two completely unrated categories of complaint that she artfully weaved together in to create an indictment of Matthews as a sexist. One complaint was that Matthews would compliment women's looks. He said Sarah Palin Gasp. was... I know. He said Sarah Palin... He said of Sarah Palin that there was, quote, something electric and very attractive about her, unquote. Okay, that doesn't necessarily that, mean looks. He told Aaron Burnett, you're a knockout. All true. Aaron Burnett's not a knockout. She's attractive. But uh, he had a couple of mild compliments to Bassett. Why haven't I fallen in love with you yet? True, men shouldn't talk this way around the office. No, actually, they fucking should. Yeah. Men and women, that's how we interact with each other. Yeah. It says... Uh, so true, men shouldn't talk this way around the office, oh, and few guys under 50 have failed to get the message that this kind of thing makes some women uncomfortable. But Matthews is 70. Old guys flirt with young women as a way of telling themselves they're still in the game. Young women used to be more forgiving, to recognize the pathos underlying the impulse and shrug it off. Now they exaggerate their emotional reaction, oh pretend God, to be shaken or couldn't breathe, as Bassett writes. Uh, a couple of flirty comments from Matthews undermined my ability to do my job oh, well. Then you shouldn't be in that job. That's hard to believe, he says. Uh, why do these women pretend to be undone by a stray compliment? There's always some ulterior motive. Bassett is utterly blatant about her real motive. She wanted Matthews fired for the way he interviewed Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren. She thinks Matthews damaged her political favorites, thinking, probably correctly, that when a prominent Democrat uh, criticizes such candidates... He signals her uh, other moderate Democrats, excuse me, this pop up, he was blogging it, and centrists that it's okay to vote for someone else. Matthews joked that Clinton is witchy. She is. 
uh, and a she-devil, all true, um, and struck a skeptical tone when quizzing Warren about claims she made in a debate against Michael Bloomberg. All of this is very much part of his job. Matthews tries to be pointed, pro provocative, and a bit unpredictable and funny. Like uh, drive-time radio talkers and other television pundits, he realizes that the minute you stop being colorful, you're dead. Warren and Clinton are hardly the only Poles to whom he's uh, shown his antagonism. So Matthews laid it on a bit thick when comparing Bernie Sanders to Nazis. Uh, overrunning France. Ridiculous. Never compare anyone who hasn't murdered at least a million people to Hitler. Still, hysterical analogies are exactly what drives viewership of Hardball and all the TV and radio shows like, like it. We tune in to see these guys hoping they'll say something completely bonkers. Yet, to assuage the Bernie bros, MSNBC, which a couple of weeks ago was forced by market pressures to announce that it would be hiring more Bernie-friendly voices, made Matthews issue gro a groveling apology for the Nazi joke. Hmm. Uh, this on a network that comparisons of President Trump to Hitler are so unremarkable but that they happened seven times in July alone. Trump hadn't even taken office before Rachel Maddow told Rolling Stone, over the past year I've been reading a lot about what it was like when Hitler became the chancellor because I think that's where we are now. It, it goes yeah. on. But here's the thing. Here are my thoughts on this. First of all, dude, shut up about what 70-year-old men do to stay relevant. There are 70-year-old men who are uh, very successful with women. And, yes, there are some of them that are doing this to tell themselves in the game. But for him to be, like, condescending to people who probably have their shit together way better than a writer for the New York Post. Huh, I ran out of breath. <laughs> um, seriously, come on. And uh, But secondly, this whole idea of... I'm woman, hear me roar. But if a man says, you look hot, you're so undone, you can't do your fucking job. Yeah. Really? We talk about how men are being pussified all the time. You know what? It's happening to women, too. Women have reached the point where, in general, they seem to, and I'm talking mostly women on the left, because most of the women on, my, on the right that I meet are pretty tough. Mm -hmm. um, but these, especially younger women on the left, they just... Like, no one should ever say anything that bothers them. And if they do, it's like... Well, and then they've proven that if a guy is handsome and he compliments them, that's not sexual harassment. But if they don't find the guy attractive and he says the exact same thing, then he's sexually harassing her. Yeah. I mean, fuck you. I know. You know? I mean, the idea that she can't do her job because something someone said to her. Like, how come I haven't fallen in love with you yet? And you go, and you know what the response is like? That uh, it, it's either like... Uh, probably because you're too fucking old. Yeah. And you laugh. You go, ha, ha, ha. Gotcha. Dig. And then you move on with your life. <laughs> you go, because you might trip over your ball sack. Yeah. You know? and that's what you do. And then and then he goes, oh, shit. Cool. Okay. All right. See ya. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, Kitty's got claws. Uh. <laughs> you know, and moves on. But, oh, my God. Well, this this idea that these women can't handle something like this. Oh, and then they'll turn your motive stuff, too. It's like they'll just use, use that that to get something else done like if they're trying to get ahead or you know they want that promotion and they think he's in the way they'll claim you know oh i feel unsafe because he came on to me or he complimented my shoes and that was weird i'm not saying women shouldn't feel unsafe around certain guys yeah of course there's they, yeah yeah and, and most guys that see that guy will, will won't be friends with him or won't back him up because they'll see he's that he's a predator type and they don't want anything to do with him i mean we can see it as men when there's a guy who's like a horn dog piece of shit yeah. And we don't want anything to do with him. 
and we and we won't allow him to have anything to do with women in our lives either. Well, that's only because you're white knighting for that woman because you hope you. Get, oh yeah. Yeah, because you hope you get to have sex with her. Right. Sure. That's the only reason. The only reason. Yep. Even my family members, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, did you hear about Sargon? Uh, he just won a lawsuit against a, um, a, a, a SJW named Akila. She's a YouTuber. I I heard something about him winning some settlement. She but. she was at the uh, when Hillary lost the nomination or lost the presidency. She was uh, live streaming or something and super excited about it. And then afterwards, she was all bummed. And and Sargon took like whatever it, she posted and made like a clip showing you know her enthusiasm to her devastation. You know, within a few minutes, and it was funny, right? And so she sued him. No, it was tragic. Yeah, well, she sued him saying that uh, this was not, you know, this was copyright infringement. You know, she, she put a copyright strike on the video. And then when he went against it, said, no, it's not cop- It's not, it's fair use. It's fair use because it's, it's, um, um, it's transformative what I did. You know, even though he didn't say anything on the video, like usually when, when they say it's fair use, when someone like criticizes, like someone puts out a video and then you show clips of that video and then you speak over it, say, this is why this person is saying is wrong or stupid or whatever, then you, it's, it's a different use. You know, you're not just taking their video and putting it out there as if it's yours. You are commenting on it mm-hmm. or transforming it. Well, Carl didn't, uh, uh, Carl Benjamin's his name, Sargon of Akkad. Oh, no, you've ruined it for me. Yeah. He, uh, he didn't put a commentary he just like re you know re-edited it to show like the you know the enthusiasm to the to the uh, devastation you know in a quicker pace it's funny that's the point so anyways she sued him but she's such a fucking idiot that she was tweeting the whole time about how she's gonna fucking destroy him and how you know um oh he has kids fuck his kids i don't they're not my kids you know, and and kind of that shit saying saying it's not about she basically wasn't saying it's about it's not about her losing money on on her whatever her video or her being um, infringed or whatever. It's about wanting to destroy this guy because he he had the audacity to be against her politically or to make fun of her. And but she lost because she's such a fucking idiot that she has all this evidence of her basically just saying she wants to use this system, wants to use these laws to destroy a person because she disagrees with him politically or or morally or whatever. And so she lost it. And now he's turning around and he's going to sue her for uh, court costs and lawyer fees. And he probably will win. So that's good. That'll keep keep this shit from happening. Uh, There's a lot of people. It won't keep it from happening. There's a lot of people on YouTube. Well, that's true because I think her lawyers even backed out once the judge said, Hey, you know, if you lose this, you know, this, I mean, you don't really have a case here and her lawyers backed out. I think she went forward anyway. So, I mean, there was a big, there was a big YouTube video on it from a few people talking about it. Even Bering talked about it. It was pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, she's a real piece of shit. And she, I mean, if that, and it was, she was so smug about like bragging about her suing him. And then when someone, she read in, like she was reading responses to her video or her saying, and then one of them was like, Hey, you know, he has a couple of kids. You want to destroy this guy? She's like, fuck his kids. I don't care about his kids. They're not my kids. And she smirked. And I'm like, you fucking piece of trash. Fuck you. So, well, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but if you throw stuff out there on, on YouTube and Facebook and all that, I mean, how is it not fair? Use? Yeah. Sargon was smart enough to be quiet about it. Even I think somebody asked him about it. Like, I think it might've been even Tim pool. And he's like, I can't comment on that. It's a, it's a lawsuit that's going on. I'm not going to comment because you're smart enough to know everything you say, <laughs> you know, can be brought into the case. Yeah. And just let these fucking idiots, they just think they're untouchable. That's the thing. She thought she was going to make a shitload of money on him and, and, uh, it was all about uh, rigging or using the system 
in a way it wasn't intended to be used. Yeah. And that has to stop. Well, it's just trying to stir political outrage. Yeah. You know, AOC is, that's how she's made her name. Yeah. She's doing that shit. So. Right. No, I, I get so tired of these people who, you, it's like someone said a bad thing to me, so I've got to find some way to destroy them. And I'm, I'm not going to say that there aren't, you know, people in my past who said something and you're just like, oh. Damn it! If I ever got a chance to get even, you know, or or if they suffered something that that like brought them down a few pegs, you wouldn't go ha. But it, along the lines of that Seinfeld episode where the the guy uh, tells George, "Hey, you gonna you ocean called when they're out of shrimp because he's just chowing the yeah. shrimp at the meeting." And George just couldn't let it go. He couldn't let it go, and he kept trying to. He's like, "Well, the jerk store called," you know. I mean, he was just so he goes he goes to the point where he's ordering shrimp into the meeting and just eating it, waiting for the guy to do it. Yeah, and all along Jerry's been saying, "Why don't you just let that go? Your jokes drop, not even yeah, good. Drop it." Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, I've never gotten to the point where I, I'm so vindictive that I just really want to. I want to see this person suffer that wronged me. Um, it would have to be something really fucking egregious to make Everybody's me do that. Everybody's been bested by someone else yeah. at some point. I mean, if if I was like thrown in prison for a crime I didn't commit, maybe I'd want to get revenge on that guy. Oh, yeah. Or gal. Absolutely. Um, but there's like just somebody that fucking pissed you off or somebody that, you know, caused you some short-term discomfort or even financial harm. At some point, I just go, fuck it. I don't care about them anymore. Well, it's just like we said in the last podcast about uh, uh, Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph with a helmet because he said he dropped the N-word on him. You know? Bullshit. It. I don't even if he said it, even yeah. if he got right in his face and said, You dumb nigger. Yeah. You know, even if he said it to him, that does not justify hitting someone in the head yeah. with something like that. Be be better than that. And I can't say that there haven't been times when someone said something to me that I just I wanted to hit him for it, but I realize that's a character flaw in me, you know, not in them. And especially stuff that's meant to be complimentary. What the hell is the matter? With a guy saying, oh, you look nice. Yeah. Well, it creeped me out. Okay, fine. It creeped you out. Get on with And what life. was his intention? My my whole thing is if it's an Well, not just intention. I mean, if somebody threatens me, that's pretty much the only time I'm going to consider using force against them to, to like, like proactively stop them from... If they say they're going to do it, I'm going to go, well, if they have an opportunity, if I turn... I'm just... Okay, I'm going to take them at their word and I'll preemptively attack at that point or, or, or try to start something. Yeah. But if they're not threatening me... Then and they're just talking shit, like saying I'm ugly or saying whatever the fuck they're saying, or pussy or this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna be like, yeah, whatever, and walk away. You're not gonna try to escalate it. But well, as soon as they say, yeah, we'll fu- I will fuck you up, I'll fuck your family up, or you know, this, then then it's on. Then I'm like, yep, we've we've gone past wars at this point. Well, I'm looking this up here because I mentioned we were gonna talk about uh, we we're gonna talk about threats and what constitutes a threat. Oh, Chuck Schumer. Chuck, I've got this here. Fucking Schumer. I got town. You're looking at town hall. I got town hall with Katie Pavlich. The article. If you want me to. Uh, well, I was just going to pull up what he said here. He it, just threatened justices Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch. If you think, I mean, objectively, I, I will say right from the beginning, I can't stand Chuck Schumer. I think he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pandering oh, yeah. piece of shit. So I don't like him. I respect Gorsuch a lot. I don't know enough about Kavanaugh to have an opinion. Um, but he goes, here's the quote. And they're talking about the abortion cases that are coming 
to the Supreme Court that the courts decided to take on. And this is a rally in front of the court. Mm -hmm. This is his quote. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, he means politically. Yeah. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's say, his excuse. Yeah, he went on to say the bottom line is very simple. We will stand with the American people. We will stand with American women. We will tell President Trump and the Senate Republicans, you have to – you have stacked the court with right-wing ideologues and you're going to – be gone in November, and you will uh, never be able to do what you're trying to do now, and ever, ever again. You will. You hear that over there on the far right, you're gone in November. Now, he says that was the threat he was making. You can't get rid of Supreme Court justices. Yeah, and also, you stand with women. Fuck you, you stand with women. What about the 50% of the women that don't want um, abortion on demand? Fuck you, Schumer. What about, you, the, what about Schumer. the women that get aborted? Yeah, you don't stand with them. Yeah, uh, this is Schumer trying to explain. Uh, he took to the Senate floor to explain. I should never have used the words I used. They didn't come out the way I intended. My point was that there would be political consequences for President Trump and Republicans in the Supreme Court uh, with the newly confirmed justices stripped away at uh, women's rights. Well, that's not who he threatened. He didn't threaten President Trump. He named those two no. justices. I should not have used the words I did, but in no way was I making a threat. I never, never would do such a thing. That's what you fucking did. Yeah. In no way? Yeah. Let's think about the way you made that threat. In yeah. no way? Yeah. Can that be, that can be construed as a threat and a, a, you know, a very, very strong uh, a case can be made that that was a, a direct threat to um, their well-being. <laughs> so the rebuke from uh, Roberts was fantastic. I know you hate Roberts, but uh, too bad. I'm uh, pulling it up here. He goes, all members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. Uh, contrary to what the Democratic leader has tried to claim, and he very clearly was not addressing Republican lawmakers or anyone else. This is McConnell. Uh, I can't. If you go forward with these decisions... Uh, which could only apply to the court itself. The minority leader of the United States, the United States Senate threatened two justices in the U.S. Supreme Court, period. Well, I, even Pelosi couldn't support him. You hear that? No. She said, uh, I think the Republicans say it's okay if the president does it, but it's not okay if other people do. It wasn't right for anybody to do, and Chuck recognizes those words. I believe he also said on the floor today that his words were not appropriate, and I support him on that. When did I... And I could be wrong on this. I would like to know when Trump threatened anybody. I mean, I've heard him threaten Kim Jong-un going, yeah. you're going to hit with fire and fury like you never yeah. saw coming. Yeah. It's but, ridic ridiculous. So listening to uh, Mark Stein today, he was in for Rush, and he said in 2001, I think, Trent Lott was the Senate minority leader, just like Schumer is now. And he was at a hundred year hundred year old birthday party for Strom Thurmond who was I think serving in the Senate at the time and like I've said before I don't care that he's Republican get the fuck out of there mm -hmm. you're too damn old if he was think about this he was there in 2001 he was there when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor right you know go home you're useless um, anyway all Trent Lott said was hey 
when he originally ran, he ran for the Dixieland party because he was a Democrat. And he goes, I have a feeling or, or ran for president or whatever. He said, uh, he goes, I have a feeling if he'd have won that, maybe we wouldn't have the problems we have now. Trent Lott was forced to resign. Yeah. Because the, the Republicans who were kind of squishy went, can't be saying that. Now, I can see if you say, I don't like the fact that this guy's tying this senator, the party that had people in it who might have lynched people. I get that. But censure the guy or something. But if Lot had to go over that, Schumer's got to go over this. Yeah. That's not how it works with the Democrats. Though. No, it's not. Because they have no principles. Nope. None. So he's going to stick around because of it. And it's bullshit. But I just... I. Chuck Schumer is to the Senate what Mike Bloomberg ads are to my entertainment. They keep interrupting it and shut up. Yeah. Just go away. Pretty much. Wish we could get rid of it. So coming up on time. Uh, we can do one more story here. All right. What do you got? Well, do you want to do that uh, Wolverine and Cyclops may be gay for each other? Or should we do the um, in Sweden uh, teenage dysphoria diagnosis soar by over 1,500%? Let's do the... Uh, Let's do the comic book thing. All right. Well, there's two websites that are talking about this, and one's called Bounding Bounding into Comics, which is the the one that I go to. Oops, sorry, that I go to for for my news. But also Vice did it did an article on this, and I just love their their headline because Vice yeah, basically is totally uh, converged by SJWs at this point. Yep. Um, their headline is Wolverine might be a sexually fluid mutant in a thruple. Deal with it. That's their headline. Well, from what I heard... And a thruple is a threesome. Yeah. So what I heard from this was Ethan Van Skyver, mm-hmm. who used to draw Green Lantern for DC and among other things. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he was commenting on an article that said AT&T, which apparently owns the rights to DC's comic book division and the trademarks for Batman and Superman and all that, are doing some big Generation 5 kind of thing. And if it doesn't go well for... Um, in this revamp or whatever for DC, they're just shutting it down. Hmm. And Ethan Van Skyver's going, DC comic books is going to go away. And then I heard some article about how go. Marvel Marvel might buy DC comics. Um, Marvel's in no financial shape exactly, either. Exactly, but Marvel's get, run by a bunch of... Get SJWs woke, go broke. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... there's all kinds of uh, basically all the good good artists well not just artists but good artists and especially all the decent writers and good writers have been forced out and now they basically have these SJW well, for writers being, for being Haiti hate mongers yeah and most of the writers are you know um, you know pansexual women of color or something you know I mean that's that's I think that's a joke but if you look into the writers now that's pretty much what it is what what they have now writing all these these standard supposedly standard comics um, like the X Men right now is being written by a group of people. And, and one of the people is uh, this woman who's very, very anti, you know, anti-man, calls herself a, uh, a, 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 a woman, a woman, a, a trans woman, of, not trans woman, a, um, a woman of color that's, you know, sexually ambiguous. I don't know what the wording you is. You don't even care to know, do I you? I don't even care to know, but... She's she's basically just a, a social justice warrior. I mean, exactly what you envision that. And she's trying to put her agenda into the comics. So right now, X-Men are doing a storyline where they the X-Men have decided to 
buy property on the moon or something. Who fucking knows? I don't read comics anymore, to be honest with you. But they moved to the moon, and uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey, who is, who is um, Phoenix. Phoenix and Wolverine, have always had this kind of, um, you know, three-way kind of love triangle going on where it's either Cyclops and Jean Grey or Wolverine and Jean Grey, and, and the guys are button heads over, the, over that. But now they're, they're sneaking in, and, well, maybe they're all gay for each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're writing scenes where, like, uh, there's one where they're sitting on their moon base looking at the Earth, and Wolverine goes, the scenery at that place is something else. And Scott, who is Cyclops, goes, it sure is. And then uh, Wolverine goes, a genie in a bikini. And then Scott goes, Scott in a Speedo. And Wolverine goes, hey, well, who could say no to that? And then Scott goes, great. Oh, my God. Now, he, he went, hey, so he was just joking. You know what I think is so funny about this, though? Do you remember the scene in the, uh, it wasn't the last Avengers movie, but the one before that where... Uh, Captain America and Bucky are sitting there talking about and about reminiscing. They go, yeah, I remember when we were chasing broads back and whatever. And people weren't offended that they said broads or skirts or whatever it was. They were just offended that these two characters would come out as being so blatantly heterosexual. Toxically masculine. I know. Yeah. And they're like, did we need to do that? And there's all, and there's, what is that? The, when they do the uh, coupling of characters that, what's that called? Uh, shipping. They call it shipping. When, when people do their fanfic artwork or their fanfic uh, r- uh, fiction writing, uh, putting two characters in a series together that aren't meant to be together. And it's usually two men. And it started out in Japan. It was like a very big thing in Japan where like teenage girls would write little stories or do little artwork with their favorite manga characters, but they'd always be men together because these teenage girls are confused, basically. Well, but my point here is not to, you know, just keep banging on about comics and the people who are writing them now, um, because I haven't read them for years either. But it's this idea, again, you have to embrace all these odd you know, gender identities and sexualities that people have and all this stuff. And you have to admit that there's 126 genders. And I'm not exaggerating with that number because it keeps getting bigger all the time. Uh, You have to embrace all of that because that's people living their truth. But two guys who are uh, known throughout the comic book, I'm going to say literature, for being, you know, guys, guys and growing up in World War II area where they were chasing skirts and, skirts and stuff. And all they do is say, remember when we used to do that? And people are just like, oh, these bastards. Can you, they're just, it's like in our face. They're just like throwing it at us. Well, yeah. And it goes back to this idea that people in general, and yes, a lot of women are just being pussified and they can't handle people that don't, that don't agree with them. You know, you see that that uh, iconic picture of Rosie the Riveter, you mm-hmm. know, the we can do it thing. Yeah, Rosie the Riveter's dead because half the women in this country could not, they just can't even. Yeah. You know? I mean, if feminism is I'm woman, hear me roar, you can't get offended when people say things that just make you feel bad. Well, the uh, the gender fluid agenda is just, and, and trans agenda is just out of control. It's It's gotten, I mean, it's in every aspect of our, our pop, pop culture and politics right now and education. It's every fucking where a very, and, and to the point where it's affecting people, affecting kids. Um, uh, like it, it's, well, if you look at Sweden, I mean, I wasn't going to bring this up, but that 
the dysphoria diagnosis uh, soar by 1500% Sweden. It's, it's, it's like, it's in, it's a, um, collective kind of a, a collective infection that happens when these, these elements come up and it just keeps repeated over and over again. And you got impressionable young minds that are, that are absorbing this and they don't know. They're like, well, maybe this is cool or, or it's called trans trending is another term for that. It's not these, these impressionable youths that don't have their, their hormones figured out now yet where they're, where they're basically bombarded with these messages that are propagandistic and they, <laughs> the look rooster is giving me right now. I can't even look at you, man. So, uh, so that's an example. So this, this, uh, Jean gray thruple with, with Cyclops and Wolverine is just another example of you've got these, um, SJWs, these, these, um, gender fluid, whatever, um, activists that get, into a business and then they bring in more, they get into a, into an influential um, part of the business, like, like editor or, or assistant editor. And then they bring in more of their um, comrades in arms and then they get their message out there. Um, they did this with Iceman. Remember we talked about this. Iceman had been known as kind of a, you know, a guy's guy in on the X-Men and he, uh, a woman chaser. And they decided, no, Iceman's going to be gay. We've got, we got a gay writer, that we really need to give a good, like a prestige, you know, character and comic. And we're well, just going to retroactively make Iceman gay. Everybody knew Iceman was overcompensating. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was blatant. Yeah. So. So, yeah. I just think it's, for me, you can't, you can't be both things. You can't say that you're tough and strong and you can do everything everybody else can do. And then somebody says something and you lose your shit, you know? Yeah. So, well, people say, oh, you're freaking out. You're, you're talking too much about this, the gender fluidity bullshit. You're, you're, you're talking to, it's not that big of a deal. You're talking too much about it. And I go, it shouldn't be a big deal. That's, that's the thing. I hear everywhere you go, you fucking hear about it. It should, we shouldn't be hearing about this. And as a matter of fact, it actually is becoming a big deal because you've got shit that's going to harm children where you've got, there's cases and cases coming out now where these children that grew into young adulthood and go, Hey, I was pressured i felt pressured to to act upon my confusion and i went through uh puberty blockers i went through gender reassignment and now looking back going that was the wrong choice i was not in a in the mindset to make that decision and they actually the pressure from the activists were actually pushing me towards something that wasn't healthy for me and you're hearing that you're hearing that more and more now and, and it's, it's not good. It's, it's a, just a bad development for society. You talk about the pussification of women and men. Well, this is like, it's like, um, I don't know. It seems like a backdoor secret way of the green people that hate humanity and think that the earth would be better off if we, if the virus, if humanity was extinguished, it's like part of their plan to get rid of humans, you know, just make everybody not want to fuck each other and just like become this, like, you know, they all want to marry like trees and, and airplanes and, and, and don't want to have healthy, healthy Marian airplane. That's ridiculous. The way they're jetting around all the time. Mm -hmm. Come on, a tree that's stable, you know, <laughs> or a bridge. You've heard of you've heard, you've heard women that have sexual attraction to bridges. Uh, yeah, a bridge is helpful. Yeah. You know, it's a, a plane. It's just like in town and then it's gone. You know where those things have been. But, don't be ridiculous. But what they're doing is they're trying to discourage any kind of actual healthy sexual interaction between men and women that would create a stable family. Yeah. Cause everybody, I don't think it's because I think everybody's got to be some kind of special. I think there's, I think it comes down to the actual agenda to, to fucking destroy the family and, um, destroy the, 
destroy the the family unit and the role of men and women because that makes more controllable populace. I don't think they're even that smart. I don't think they're smart enough to see that out ahead of time. I think it's, you don't think Soros is smart. Oh, Soros is, and he's one of the guys that's in charge of all this kind of bullshit. Yeah, but I just I don't think social movements like that are big enough to be sustaining. I just think somebody wants to, you know, when you saw those women who would come out and say, well, I married myself. I had a big ceremony. I was 42. I hadn't met the right guy yet. So I just, I threw a wedding for myself and I married myself, you know? Well, yeah. So, so two that, generations ago, people would have gone, what the yeah, fuck is that? That narcissist and, and her idiocy, they're just, well, they're useful idiots. That's what they are. They are, they are the, the, vast majority of people that don't understand that what's behind the scenes manipulating them. Yeah, but the, there was somebody who saw that and went, oh, I should have done that. That's it. I'm going to marry a tree. Mm-hmm. You know, so people, it's like this, not only is it narcissism, it's one upsmanship, stupid narcissism. Yeah. You've got to beat each other with stuff. You know, it's like people want to be so popular or so famous on YouTube, they're eating fucking Tide Pods. You yeah. know, they're like, well, look at me, I'm going to eat it, yeah. you know. Cinnamon challenges and stuff like this is just dumb. Sir Stroming. I <laughs> <laughs> was on a dare. So, all, all right. right. Well, I had enough ranting, I guess. Kind of wore me out. Never enough crow ranting. Mm. So, okay. All well, right. if you want to get in uh, contact with us, it's rooster at com or crow at com. That's our email. And check us out on the Bread and Circuses podcast page on Facebook. See you, bye.